Hey everybody, this is RJ Phoenix. I'm one of the two hosts of the Patreon exclusive episodes called Comically Rad with Gary and RJ. RJ, of course, is me. Gary is Gary of the Backyard Superheroes. We are both big comics fans and we thought what would be more fun than to talk a little Scott, talk a little comics and do kind of a comics book club kind of show. So on this episode, which we are sharing with you today, uh, to give you a little taste of what we normally do, me and Gary are talking about the first 12 issues of the Jeff Lemire comic, Sweet Tooth. Hope you enjoy and hope you consider donating to our Patreon so you can hear these kinds of episodes each and every month. Thank you so much. Society for the Scott enthusiasts like you and me. They're high, they're low, on the upbeat and in the know. For those who's arch checker board through and through, we want to welcome you to the upbeat crew. Hey everybody, welcome to Comically Rad with Gary and RJ. Say hello to the people, Gary. Hello. Sometimes I don't know if the show's called Comically Rad with Gary and RJ or Comically Rad with RJ and Gary, so I say it both ways sometimes. Uh, it's Gary and RJ uh, due to alphabetical order. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, I get top billing. I appreciate that, RJ. <laughs> um, do we have a theme song? I've never listened to our show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, Dang It wrote us a, a little theme song. It's a theme song for all the uh, on the Upbeat crew. Oh, uh, I should probably listen to that. I've listened yeah. to Matt's show. I've never yeah, listened to our show. What does that yeah, say about us? You know, you just don't like to hear your own voice, maybe? I, I sound like a cartoon character. I'm actually, <laughs> speaking of my voice, I'm auditioning um, next week to be the public address announcer for the New York, New York, oh my God, I cut that out, New Jersey Devils. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I have a job, so yeah. I don't need that job, but it would be cool. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, I feel like I have a distinct voice, you know, and I bring yeah. a certain energy. Yeah. Uh, my cousin, who's like a little brother to me, uh, applied for a radio gig, and he actually got oh, it. And so he's very cool. excited. He's been selling solar panels. He's worked for park districts in the past. <laughs> he's a man of many talents, but he's always wanted to do radio and that opportunity presented himself, and he friggin' nailed it. So I, I always end up working for sports teams somehow. I worked for the Lakewood Blue Claws, which are a minor league baseball team in New Jersey. I was the mascot. Oh, see, and then, that's another thing you have in common with my cousin Joey. He did the Peoria Chiefs. He did like stuff for them. He wasn't the mascot, but he was one of the quote unquote performers and he would do stuff on the field. And oh, yeah. So I don't know if you know this about me. I was a professional mascot for a long, not. long time. I had no idea. A very, very famous <laughs> mascot. Oh, wow. That may be a giraffe. Is anything related to a job you've had in the past? It was. It wasn't... <laughs> It wasn't my full-time – I mean, I had a full-time job at this company that was yeah. R-Us and full of toys and had giraffes. <laughs> and, but I was the official Jeffrey the Giraffe for Toys R Us. And what that means is I had my own costume, custom-made, and only I could wear it. It was oh, wow. custom-made to my my body. Gary-sized. Um, it was Gary-sized. I was flown around the country to, like, the high-profile charity events. I was on the Today Show – I was at like I can't New Springsteen's tell if like you're charity. Fucking with us or not? 
No, I'm 100% serious. I'm 100% serious. I was the official Jeffy the Giraffe for Toys R Us. Like, there was, like, the minor league Jeffy the Giraffes that, like, you know, would show up at the, your local store and be like, yeah, hey, yeah. kids. Well, Jeffy doesn't talk. But yeah. I was the, like, legit, real Jeffy the Giraffe for, like, almost probably a dozen years. Wow. Yep. I mean, that and that was, I didn't even get paid extra for that. I had a real job working for that company. You know what I do. I work like a real legit job. Yeah, but that yeah, was yeah. like my, my, like my fun thing that I did. <laughs> so, anyway, that's what everyone learned about me today is that I was a professional. Always, I was Jeffrey the Giraffe. We always learn new things about you, Gary, on the show. I, I, I save all my new things for uh, interrupting, you know, guests on, on, up, on the upbeat. But, uh, <laughs> Well, you guys never have me on that show, so I feel like I need to share all my stories now. You know, it's been a while. I, I think maybe. Well, I, mean, I think maybe we. I mean, have it, there's, you on. have Tara on every single week, but Gary, no, we can't have him on. <laughs> all right, I, I'm getting the message, uh, Matt. T- if you're listening, t- Gary wants to come on sometime soon. No, no, no. I like our show better. Our show is like you know, no rules, just right. Like yeah. Outback. <laughs> my wife and I are, are thinking about going. Um, we haven't been out to dinner at all in like 18 months and oh, like we've like we're, what should be what should be our first place back and she's like it should be outback i'm like hell yeah she's like hell yeah we, we've thought about going to outback because of course for christmas in uh, 2019 my parents got us some outback gift cards nice which you know i still have sat unused um, now are they the transferable ones that you can use at like carabas and bonefish yeah, all the like, ones that are in that that family because yeah. they have quality restaurants overall. yeah but uh, outback's the only one near us so oh. and it's it's basically why my parents but outback Outback is one of my dad's legit favorite restaurants of all time. I'm not hating an Outback. Yeah. Outback's pretty no. quality. Outback's good. When they closed the one in Peoria, Illinois, he got super sad. So, like, when he comes out to L.A., I always try to take him to the Outback near my house. They give you that good bread. Yeah, that little that dark bread. Oh. Yeah, and my wife can't eat bread, so that's all for me. Dude, double bread. <laughs> yeah, and then I ask for more. Like, give it to me. <laughs> Oh boy, we are we are man, off, off Gary, the path already. Man, if people knew what we talked about on a regular basis, we're all constantly <laughs> texting each other about soda and stuff. <laughs> it's true, soda and ska and pro wrestling, which all go hand in hand. Yeah. and comics and, and comics. comics. So uh, speaking of comics, so this week we are covering this week, this month, this episode, we are covering the first twelve issues of the uh, book Sweet Tooth, and I thought I would ask Gary, which which has also been turned into a Netflix TV show, I would ask Gary what his non superhero comics adaptation is his favorite. So you and I did talk a little bit about this offhand. Sorry, not offhand, off camera. Well, because um, I like I like to get cause I think I sprung yeah. the last few on you last minute, so I wanted to give you at least twenty four hours to think about this one. Appreciate that. And I, I mean, my my gut reaction is going to say Scott Pilgrim. Right? Yes. Scott Pilgrim yeah. is one of my all time yeah. favorite movies. It's mm-hmm. probably in my top five favorite movies of all time. Um, which I take that list pretty seriously. So I love Scott Pilgrim, but I feel like that's a pretty pretty standard answer. So I yeah. thought of another one today, actually. Oh, good, good. So similar to Sweet Tooth, another show that was adapted for Netflix, and that is Lock and Key by oh, Joe Hill. Yeah. See, I don't. Not, I wasn't even thinking about that one. Um, I love the show. Uh, got my wife into it. Sheila, we can't wait for season two. I think October. Yep. It's yep. coming back. I've read all the main comics. I just read like the ones that were set in the past recently, <laughs> and I haven't read the Lock and Key Sandman tie-in yet. But I know they that's do a tie-in with the Sandman. I think they're on issue three of like a four or five issue series. Yeah. 
rad. I actually have never read any of the comics, so I might have to get on that. Oh, the comics are really fun. It's Joe Hill, Stephen King's son, who oh. looks just like Stephen King, by the way. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> in the first season near the end where they have like a couple movers and one of them's Joe Hill, the other guy is the artist from the book that's like standing oh, that's next to cool. him. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was pretty obvious it was him. I'm like, oh, there's Stephen King. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like him. Look like Stephen RJ, King from Creepshow. Can we get a Patreon to this show? A comically rad Patreon, right? Hear me out. Okay. Where, where us and our significant others review Lock and Key episodes. Here. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. oh, I'd have to mm-hmm. ask. I'd have to ask. She's she's not too big on doing podcasts. We used to do one that was three times a week. Um, well, that's exciting. I get it. You yeah, burn out yeah, on yeah. podcasts, yeah. Uh, and then we try to cut it down to like once a week when even when Big Brother was on because uh, it was a reality show podcast. Um, oh, cool. And Big Brother was our big show. Um, but she's just like, yeah, that's not her jam. But you know, we could maybe get a, her for a special. But she's never Sometimes. podcasted with me before. That's true. That's true. And I think <laughs> I've built up the uh, intrigue of Gary. And I will tell you this, Gary. So I, I do, you know, for the last 11 years, I've been doing Wednesday nights, putting together 23 minutes of Scott to go out on Thursday. And for more than a year, I've been doing with Matt the on the upbeat. And mm-hmm. it, so it never fails, but half the time she forgets that that's what I'm off to go do. <laughs> Almost every Thursday after the first episode we did, she was like, are you doing that show with Gary tonight? Like every week. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's uh, not, it, that's, that's monthly. I don't have to. So she is, she knows. Is there a she's demand done. for more episodes with Gary? Is that what you're saying? I, I don't think she's listened to any, but she, she wow. takes, she takes this very seriously. Me hanging out with a guy who knows how cool CM Punk is. <laughs> uh, CM Punk wrote a Drax comic miniseries, which was pretty good. Maybe mm-hmm. she could guest and we could talk about that. Oh yeah. We have every issue, every alternate cover. Um, got him to sign one. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite non-superhero adaptation? Uh, the movie Ghost World. See, I was also thinking about Ghost World, yeah. too. That's a good poll. Yeah, it, absolutely Ghost World. I, I The thing about the comic versus the, the, the movie is that it almost seems like a stories that we didn't see from the comic. Mm-hmm. Like, they could both seriously exist side by side, even though there's so much differentiation in, in what we do see. And, of course, I, I don't know. The Steve Buscemi <laughs> character is so much more creepy in, in the movie, I think. Because yeah. he's really just a minor like short story in the comic and the fact that right. it gets built up. I'm like, eh, you creepy weirdo. Uh, I that get was, what you're trying um, to say. Terry Johansson and Thora Birch. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and of course, Buscemi. Yes. Um, well, yeah, yeah. But no, that movie, but that movie also reminds me so much of like the people I grew up around late nineties, early two thousands, mm-hmm. like, hundred percent the book and the comic and I just I think the, the 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 movie the book and the comic the movie and the comic I think the movie just nailed it and I really enjoyed it um it's funny you say that it reminds you of like you're growing up in yeah. your adolescence because we read sweet tooth this this month yeah. and that reminds me of my adolescence I was actually raised in a cabin in the middle of Nebraska <laughs> um, with my father I, see we learned so many new things about Gary. Guys, I've told one big truth today and one big lie. <laughs> you figure out which is which. No, so, you know, uh, listeners, if you want to tell us what your favorite non-superhero comic adaption is, that would be freaking fantastic. Uh, me and Gary want to know. I think maybe I want to know. I really want to know. We were talking about it. So you have really specific rules. Comic strips yeah, do not count. It, it, so it has to be a comic book. It has to be a book. If it originated as a strip, No. 
But, but like originated... Batman originated as a comic strip, didn't it? Yeah, I think it was a book. Was it I think it was in, in in Detective Comics before. How about Superman? Now as Adventure Comics. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah How yeah. about the Phantom? I love the Phantom, but is that a comic strip? I or think comic that's book? a comic strip. Yeah. But so Billy Zane is awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I think I would. Movie, yeah. And it was like I wouldn't do like the Shadow or um, oh, what's the other one? Green Hornet. Green Hornet. Yeah. Because those were radio dramas and strips before they became. I think the one books. I threw out, Rocketeer. I don't Rocketeer. know if you'd even. Would you consider him a superhero? I, that was a that was a good question. I that was an intriguing question when you asked me that. I, I don't know. I mean, he kind of fulfills that same thing. If they ever made a movie on Mike Allred's Madman, I don't think I would consider it a superhero movie, even though um, it kind of fills that same space. So I think The Rocketeer, not so much a superhero. I would I would I would that would be, that would be valid. Garfield with Bill Murray would not count. No, correct? no, strip. Yeah. <sighs> But Riverdale would count because that started off in Pep Comics back in like the, oh, geez, 30s? The Dagwood movie. There was a Dagwood movie? No. Uh, There was a Blondie TV show. Um, But yeah, no. Yeah, the Farside like pilot TV show? Nah, wouldn't count. Has there ever been a Calvin and Hobbes adaptation? No, Bill Bill would never allow that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he's, he's pretty... He's pretty much, I only want the comic to be the comic. I was a big cow in the hops span growing up, like huge. My daughter has, uh, I don't know too much about Calvin and Hobbes, so she has the tiger. I think he's Calvin. He's Hobbes. Yeah, that's what I said, Hobbes. <laughs> <have a> 50-50 <laughs> shot. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's adorable. Yeah, my friend got it for her. He's a big Calvin and Hobbes fan. Um, I have the big, like, giant Calvin and Hobbes, like, omnibus. And I just oh, the, like, the three-volume set? Yeah, it's huge, yeah. like, black and red. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? I've always wanted to get those, but I still have all, like, the initial release books from when I was a lad. The the weird thing about Calvin and Hobbes is that it has, like, this weird spinoff, Hobbes and Shaw, and I'm just, like, trying to connect them together. Like, <laughs> How does Calvin happening? grow up into that? That just what is what is happening here? <laughs> I love talking to you, Gary. Oh, uh, you want to talk Sweet Tooth? Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk Sweet Tooth. Do you want to give a little plot synopsis? Mad Max meets Bambi. Oh yeah, that works. That I saw that on Wikipedia. No, oh. you know what? I had a really good plot synopsis. <laughs> In, right in the back of the uh, – I was going to write one, but then I saw a, a pretty solid one right in the, the back of the, the trade paperback. Oh, so go. I'm going to just read that. Okay. It's by Jeff Lemire. He wrote this. Oh, hell yeah. Gus is a young boy born with antlers and deer-like features who has lived his entire life in total isolation with his father, capital F on father, by the way, which is interesting, a kind but zealous man. When Gus's father grows ill and dies, he's finally forced to leave the forest sanctuary. What he finds outside is beyond his comprehension, an American landscape decimated a decade earlier by a deadly pandemic. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Even more remarkable is that Gus is part of a rare new breed of human-animal hybrid children who have emerged in its wake, all apparently immune to the infection. Jeppard, a hulking drifter, soon takes, takes in Gus and promises to lead him to the preserve, a fabled safe haven for hybrid children. As the two cross the dangerous new American frontier, they begin to develop a deep friendship, one that is torn apart when Jeopard betrays Gus, selling him to a dangerous religious sect who believe hybrids to be the devil incarnate on Earth. I think that's a pretty good summary of what we read. Oh, yeah, definitely is. I mean, it's uh, I, I do better wanna, than write it than the author. Yeah, I do <laughs> want to point out on the uh, la- last episode, Gary's like, let's read something 
light and fun. Also, Gary, let's read Sweet Tooth. <laughs> I knew nothing about Sweet Tooth. I really knew nothing about it. I knew it was adapted to a Netflix show, and I saw some people online saying, oh, I wasn't so excited for this, or the show was really yeah. good. I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. Um, and it's called Sweet Tooth. That's got to be fun. Nope. No. I mean, it's fun, but it's super violent. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, but it's super violent. So, yeah, yeah, we, we, meet, we do meet young young Gus with his, his ailing father on there. <laughs> The little preserve in the middle of the uh, uh, Nebraska, like, forest preserve. And it seems like he's been released very religiously. Yeah, it was a little jarring at first because they don't – it takes a bit for this book to explain what's going on, which I liked. I didn't yeah. mind that, but yeah. it, you're just thrown into the middle of it. You're like, what's happening? Oh, hell yeah. And it, and still, you know, at, at the point where we left off uh, issue 12 for both of us, you still don't exactly know everything that's going on, which – I enjoy. I like this this uh, ever expanding and rolling out of the narrative. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to reading more of it. But uh, so found it very topical. What's going on? Right. Yeah. There was a, it's very interesting. I think we read this at a good time. Uh, <laughs> a big plague has knocked out most of the world. Yeah. <laughs> at least America. I guess we don't know much of That's the rest true. of the world, do we? I don't think so, but yeah. I, I would have to assume. And like I don't know anything of the future arcs. I don't know if that plays into anything at all. Yeah. So I, before we go on, I want to talk about Jeff Lemire, who's a name I definitely knew in comics because he's a, yeah. a pretty big name in the, in the game here. I have yeah. some of his his, uh, his most notable books here. Obviously, Sweet Tooth. Mm-hmm. Um, he's written for Marvel, did all new Hawkeye, did Extraordinary X-Men, Moon Knight, and Old Man Logan, which if you haven't read Old Man Logan, it's it, kind of similar in tone to this book that we just read. At least I would think so. Oh, yeah, I haven't read that one yet. I should oh. I should go back. Did you see that. the movie Logan? It's kind of the same. Thing. No, I actually I haven't. I'm wow. bad. I'm bad at watching <laughs> movies, Gary. Uh, he worked for DC, doing Superboy, Animal Man, Justice League, Dark, Green Arrow. So this is a big name. Yeah, yeah, Definitely. yeah, yeah. He's he's uh, and then he does his own through Dark Horse. He did uh, Black Hammer, which I really really enjoyed. Yep. And then he did Bloodshot for Valiant Comics. Oh, he did Bloodshot. Yeah, Bloodshot also got made into a movie. It was the last movie I saw before the pandemic. Oh, in theaters with Vin Diesel. It wasn't good. Yeah, it didn't look good. I when that was coming out, I was like, how the hell is this coming? Um, but this book is covered is is um, by Vertigo, published by Vertigo. Yeah, Vertigo originally, and now it's published through Black Label. I I, I assume because almost all the Vertigo stuff is now Black Label. And, and I I don't I'm not good with how like comic subsidiaries work. Vertigo is part of DC. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's is and usually the stuff there <laughs> either doesn't connect to the DC universe or it doesn't connect to the DC universe and is create around. Got it. Got yeah. it. Okay. Have you read any Jeff Lemire before? I read a lot of his Animal Man, as a matter of fact. And then I think I took notice with Black Hammer. Okay. What's Black Hammer all about? Uh, to to say too much would spoil it, but there's a group of uh, like old school, like 80s-esque superheroes that uh, fought this uh, anti-god. And then next thing they know, they're no longer in their, like the city they grew up in. They're in a small town living on a farm, like outside of it. And they're trapped there. Got it. And there's uh, all kinds of... There's like a Superman character. There's a Shazam-type character. Uh, there's a Martian Manhunter character. Uh, it's, 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 it's a fun... It's an interesting book. And it's got so many weird little spin-offs. Hmm. Maybe, we'll, uh, maybe we'll put that on the list? I, I, I would I would definitely... And he's just started picking up like another... The, 
the main thrust of the Black Hammer book again. They just started writing Black Hammer Returns. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 a weird. It's it can be weird and fun, and it's it's everything I like about comics in a lot of ways. So Jeff Lemire, I have to say, is a a tonal shift from like Warren Ellis that we were reading with the Authority. Yeah, um, not as angry and. Uh, antagonistic. There's still some violence in this book, yeah. but I also feel there's a little bit of heart. A little bit of heart. Yeah, it's not a cynical. Yeah, that's a good yeah. word for it. Not a yeah. cynical. I mean, it's pretty It's pretty dark. Yeah, it's still... T- <laughs> it's, <laughs> oh my god, I was not expecting how dark this book gets at times. Yeah, a man trades a child for the bones of his wife. Yeah! <laughs> Can we talk about that? Jeez! Like, when they... So, uh, when... Is it Jeopard or Jefford? Jeopard with peas. Okay, okay. Um, when 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 Jeopard, so Jeopard actually saves uh, Gus after his dad dies from two other people that are hunting uh, hybrid children, mm-hmm. uh, and so we get to see more and more uh, of Jeopard as as the story goes on, and they form this like kind of alliance trying to get uh, Gus to the preserve. Um, and when he finally does get him to the preserve, and he hands over Gus to these these people, these government types. Uh, they just throw him this duffel bag, and you find out it's filled with bones. And then you get the backstory of whose bones they are, and it's it's heartbreaking. Yeah, Jeopard's story was – I mean, Gus was a good character, but Jeopard, I feel, yeah. is like the character you're latching on to. Yeah, yeah. I'll agree with that. Did you think um, – we're jumping around a bit, and I apologize, <laughs> but I think it's good. Do you think that – did you – were you surprised by Jeopard selling out Gus, or did you see it coming? I figured it was coming. Only yeah, because we kind of had that set up uh, before we actually meet Jeopard of uh, of Gus dreaming about Jeopard, like confronting him. And so I was like, well, that's got to be an ominous thing. Uh, <laughs> so in the end, there's going to be some 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 bad stuff to happen uh, concerning the two of them. Yes. Uh, so, so I was ex- I was just it was one of those things where I was just waiting for that shoe to drop, to be honest. Yeah. And. I mean, I'm just guessing, and I guess as we continue to read on, we'll probably see, but I think that they're going to probably develop some sort of father-son relationship. I think, do you think that's where it's going to go? I, I think so, because we do find out that uh, Jeopard, his, due to his wife dying, and he, he lost a kid because his wife was pregnant at the time when they when they first went to the basically what became the preserve. Um and so I think, yeah, he's got that fatherly instinct. So I think he's going to be a father figure for for Gus uh, going forward. Um, yeah, yeah, no, there's. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun book to keep reading and exploring. To be honest. So this plague, I thought, was a really good hook because it's something we we see a lot, right? End of the yeah. world plague. Okay, that seems yeah. that seems familiar, but it's it seems like it's inevitable, right? Because Gus's father didn't come into contact with any people and he still got it and died. And it seems like everyone's going to eventually just get it and die. Um, And then the hook, the twist is that children are still being born, but there was it every child that's being born is a child animal hybrid or only some of them. I think some of them uh, and the ones that are born as the animal hybrids are not contracting the disease. Is that what it is? Yeah. What a cool little twist. Like that was neat. And and the fact that not all the the hybrid children are even like more human than animal, that was a weird thing that I didn't see coming that we find out later when there's only like one or two other 
hybrid children at the preserve that can even really speak at all. Yeah, the, the rest of them are seem pretty feral. Yeah. Um, and then they they were saying that this has been going on for seven years. Yes. But Gus is nine years old. Yeah. So okay, okay. Yeah. So he Gus does get interviewed by the scientist to try and figure out like what the hell's going on. Um, mm-hmm. Gus is discovered not to have a belly button. Therefore, he probably wasn't birthed in any way. Um, so they're trying to figure out why that is. Yeah. yeah, we as readers don't know why that is. We don't know why that point. is. And yeah. did you get, I mean, the religious like undertones are pretty obvious here, but are they going for like a Christ-like figure? I don't, I don't know. That would huh. be interesting. I'm trying to find out what that doctor's name was. Yeah, I don't remember it off the top of my I'm head. I'm very bad with like character names all the time. I, yeah, I was like, I should have written this down. Like. Oh no, dead air. Um, Sing, 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 Doctor Sing. Yes. Yeah. Um, Who doesn't seem like a bad guy? He seems like he's trying. He during that whole interview scene, it seemed like he was going back and forth. Yeah. Like I'm not such a bad guy, but if you don't give me the answers I want, I might have to turn you over to these guys. You know, it's, he's playing both good cop and bad cop at the same time. I, I couldn't quite get a beat on him. <laughs> Seems like he has good intentions, but is obviously like he's killing children to get there. So I guess he is kind <laughs> That's of. That's true. Guy. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, and they all seem pretty pretty shocked at exactly how cognizant uh, Gus is, because even the other feral, the, the other children that talk, none of them seem to be as advanced as Gus is. Yeah. So we have a character who is. Born before, allegedly, all the animal hybrids were born. He has no belly button. He's lived in the woods. His father is writing his own Bible, which yeah. I thought was crazy. Uh, like, a really cool little thing. Like, I'm so intrigued. I have to know what happens, <laughs> RJ. Like, I got to know. We, can we, like, continue reading this? You want to just read it right now to each other? I'll read it out loud to you. All right, cool. Let me get out volume two. Let me open. No, hi. <laughs> You're, you got it physically, didn't you? Uh, I was borrowing my friends, but then he asked for them back after I read the first 12. So I have the digital of volumes two and three now. It, and volume it. one, just so I could still reference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we have Jeopard, right? Then we so have Jeopard. We jump, we're jumping around a lot, but I don't care. Man. Yeah, I'm yeah, good yeah. With it. I'm just, we're just breezing on through. Um, was he a hockey player, like a professional hockey player? I think so. A minor league hockey player? Something. Was like, Something he was a like hockey that. player. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he was a badass. Yeah, he was kind of like the, the guy who fights. He's, he's the goon, man. The goon, yeah. yeah. But not the goon from not, the comic. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Has that ever been adapted? I feel like it might have been. I think it might have been, to be honest. There's all these like weird comic book adaptations. Like an early uh, Michael Red story, G-Men from Hell, was a movie. Never even heard of that. That sounds rad. Yeah, it was. It, the the two characters are minor characters in the Madman comics. Oh wait, yeah. hold on. The Mask. Can I put the Mask as a good comic book adaptation? That's not a superhero, or is he a superhero? I don't think he's a superhero. Okay, it's not a good adaptation of the comic, but it's a great movie. It's a fun movie, and it's a good comic. Yeah, it counts. Men in Black? Uh, you want to know something about Men in Black? Have you ever read the comic? I have not. It's nothing at all. Is it? It's very different? Very different. I, I, I mean, would, unless somebody told me that they were supposed to be the same thing, I wouldn't have believed it. It's that different? Yeah, it's got, like, demons, and it's weird. Oh, I thought of another one. The Minutemen? Do you ever read The Minutemen or watch the show? No, no. 
Oh, it was a show that was on like ABC Family, so that tells you the tone of it. But it was a pretty fun comic too. Oh yeah, I have no idea. Okay, but anyway, Jeffard is a goon, <laughs> <laughs> and we really um, take advantage of the laid back nature of this show, don't we? We do, and I hope you're okay with that. Oh, I'm I'm fine with it. By next month, they'll be like, "Welcome to Comically Rad with RJ and Tara." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I see. I see what happened here. I see, I see what's going on here. Well, what what about when you get on on the upbeat with Gary and Tara? Then now that now that. See, I, I think of the day. What, what happens on the day when Matt can't make it to the normal show? Ooh, and, and you have to you have to find somebody. RJ show or maybe and, uh, an RJ and Gary show. Oh wait, your first instinct was to go with Tara. Wow, well, Tara's always on deck. I think that's why she fills in so much. Yeah, I'm never available. I get it. I get it. <laughs> This is uh, three weeks after we were supposed to record this episode. <laughs> and I finished reading this comic like uh, this afternoon on my lunch break. <laughs> this, this has been one that's been hard because I've been waiting and I was I was almost late getting started when for original record date. And I was like, oh, shit, I better I better start reading this. Um, it goes quick, though. It's an it easy does, read. I got to say that. It does go quick. Um, and and then I was, I was like, OK, I want to read more. And it's like. Come on, Gary. I want to read more. I don't want to get a. I don't want to get ahead in the schedule. So I resigned myself to reread uh, the Wild Storm, the Wild Storm Universe reboot from 2017, which is good. Uh, you love I, that stuff. You love Wild Storm. I do, I do a whole Wild Storm blog. Did you not know this, Gary? No. You say I have interesting interesting facts. What is, what is this? Uh, it's I took all the books that Wild Storm published in their superhero universe from. 1992 to 2011 and i tried to figure out the best way to read it as like a solid universe continuity wise and then i i've went through it twice to make sure it holds up and then i now write articles on it to make sure and i point out all the continuity and why i think this should be the the absolute reading order and it's called weathering wildstorm Wow, that's yeah. really cool. I'm and gonna I've, Google that and I'm only up to like 1997. I've covered like the first like five years of the books, and it, and it's one of those things I can only do when I have extra time. So it it does fall a lot prey to being delayed uh, because of doing on the upbeat 23 minutes of ska, uh, doing things with my family. Yeah, having a life, having a job, having a life. But the Wildstorm fans, whenever I'm like, here's a new one, they're like, hell yeah. Like they all get really excited for it, and I met one of my good friends, Joe, who wrote a book about Wildstorm Studios, and who is also a big ska fan up in Connecticut. So if you're nice. listening to this, shout Joe, out Joe. Yeah, Joe's the man. That's pretty. Now we learned something interesting about you. Look at that, RJ. Ah, you. That's what that's what people come to this podcast for. They they want to hear about the comic, but they just want to learn about us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's comically rad with Gary and RJ for a reason. Gary and RJ, right there. This is the rad part of the show. <laughs> um, you know what? When you were describing that that blog, which sounds awesome, by the way, and I'm going to check oh, it out because yeah, I think thanks. it seems like it'd be a good introduction for me into that universe. You said I'm only up to 1997. At my brain, like my my quick thought was like you haven't updated it since 1997. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you are the George R R Martin of blogs. People are out here dying for this. Generations have gone by without new updates <laughs> from RJ. No, I, I actually just put an update this week. I, I've, I tried to get it into like a bi-weekly schedule, but right now it's like every three weeks. Um, but I get it out, do some uh, 
you know, I point out the continuity. It's fun, and I'm revisiting these comics that I, I, I adored when I was a kid and finding books I never knew existed when I was a kid that and how they fit in. Um, yeah, yeah, Gen 13, Backlash, Stormwatch, The Authority, Wildcats, all that stuff. I, I love it so much. I don't know why. I think it was one of my – because it was some of my first comics. Yeah. Did did the, the Wildstorm um, fan base not like our take on The Authority when I said it was too violent? Uh, they didn't say anything about it. Oh, okay. 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 Um, I had a blog once. I had a blog. Oh, I've had several. What's your blog? What was your blog? Top notch. Um, it was where me and my wife would review the nachos around New Jersey. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. And we had a whole scale of like, okay, too much cheese, not enough toppings, bad distribution, bad soggy chips. So that was our thing. Um, but that's not sustainable because, you can't eat nachos all the time. It's very bad for your health. <laughs> I love it. Uh, when me and my wife were doing the uh, the reality show podcast, I also used to write about reality shows. And I did uh, Daisy of Love the whole season and I think the first or second season of Tool Academy. And I wrote these like, yeah, almost like television without pity type reviews. And there's one I just kept trying to like sneak in ska lyrics to like as much as possible. Yeah. Um, if you were a reality dating show on VH1 in the early 2000s, I watched the hell out of you. Oh, yeah. Rock of Love was my jam. We watched, yeah, that was because that's that was the heyday of my podcast. Because yeah. oh, was it? Yeah, covering Rock of Love, all those. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Flavor of Love. Yeah, we. I don't think we we weren't around the first time Flavor of Love happened. So I know that was we, early. That was yeah. early. I know we did. Uh, the first couple episodes of Megan wants a millionaire before yeesh. Uh, <laughs> I don't and, know what that is. Oh, I'll tell you in a second. Uh, I, okay. I know we did the Stallionaires when they had their show, New York, you know, uh, when she was trying to find love. Uh, a Megan wants a millionaire was a spinoff of one of those shows. And she, she was on like either rock of love or something. Uh, and people really liked her, uh, and she she made it pretty far, but didn't win. And so then they said, you know, what, what, like, ah, well, I well, I want to marry someone rich. And so they tried to find, you know, a bunch of people that had valued at like a million dollars, like okay. their net worth. Uh, and uh, which, by the way, isn't like incredibly rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's more than I have, but still, not not me. Yeah. I, ooh, ooh I got that backyard superheroes money. Come that's on, that's true, buddy. That's true. <laughs> uh, and so. Um, so they did the spinoff with her, and they aired like three episodes. Uh, and then one of the contestants, uh, apparently, a- after the show wrapped, because they sat on airing it for so long um, and editing it, uh, actually uh, killed his then girlfriend. So they pulled the show completely. Uh, and then there was also a third season of the show I Love Money, which was basically like, you know, all these people that never won on all those like shows on VH1. And yeah. it was kind of like a road rules kind of like contest show. And uh, that guy was also in the third season of that show. And so they never aired the third season. And when they aired the fourth season, it was just like buried, like airing at like 3 a.m. on VH1, like two years after it originally was supposed That's to That's a shame. Those people yeah. worked hard. Yeah. <laughs> I just hope all the crew got all the money. You know, everyone yeah. got paid. Um, um, I live in like, you know, reality TV land because i'm 15 minutes from the jersey shore oh so, you sure do i've met snooki a couple times <laughs> um, 
Gary, what even is this podcast? This is this is the Sweet Tooth podcast. I've met Snooky. Oh, I was on um, Real Housewives of New Jersey. No shit, that's the only one that was any good. I was Until uh, they in the background the while they were filming. Yeah, while they were eating at a restaurant, I was in the background. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was the only one I could stand to watch because they had a reason to hang out because most of them were related on those first few seasons in some way. And so I was like, it's conceivable that these women would hang out enough and have animosity from from that. And then, you know, the cast started changing out. I was like, well, I brought in my friend and here's this other person. I'm like, these ladies would never hang out in real life. Just like the rest of these shows. They're only doing it to be on the team. This is I'm only willing to suspend my disbelief so far, Gary. We are we are really going off the rails, and it makes it seem like we don't we didn't like Sweet Tooth, but I think we both loved it. <laughs> we loved it. We didn't even talk about like that weird small town they came across with like the sex workers in it that uh, that we that we returned to, which I didn't see coming. I thought that was yeah. just like a stop along the way. Yeah, uh, Jeopard's got like a crew. Yeah, so he's getting together a crew. Um, yeah, no, that this book this book is just it's fun, but it, it it's dark, it's bleak. It is, yeah. I I have the feeling, unlike when we read The Authority, when I'm like, this is just going to end poorly. I have the feeling Sweet Tooth will probably have a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> my optimism. If Jeopard's you... gonna Jeopard will probably die. That's yeah. my 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 yeah. guess. Oh, also got real big Punisher vibes from Jeopard, and that had to be intentional, right? I mean, yeah, I, I get that too. I don't know if it's intentional, but I, I do get that. Real big Punisher vibes. Like, his family's dead. He kills people without remorse. Yeah. Does looks what he like, to do looks to like the by. Punisher. <laughs> yeah, he does kind of. Uh, there's that one part where he just gets drunk and just, like, gets people to fight him. That barter town was pretty cool. Yeah. I kind of yeah. liked that. Like, where he had to give away, like, two guns just to get a bottle of alcohol. Yeah. And then, yeah, he got those guys to beat him up. Yeah. Have you watched the show yet, Gary? I have not. Okay. So, the, again, when you have a kid, you don't have a lot oh, of free time. Jeez. Don't got to tell wife. me. I already don't have a lot of free time. I can't <laughs> imagine what a kid would do. The wife and I are finishing up season seven of The Flash. Well, it's just terrible, by the way. <laughs> I hate watch that show. I just hate watch The Flash because we've watched it for so long, and it's not good. I don't know if you watch the Arrowverse shows at all. No, not at all. Uh, I watched Gotham, and I basically hate watched the first season and, like, fucking love watched the rest of the series. <laughs> Really? Yeah, because I watched the first season of Gotham and I hated it. So stopped. bad. So yeah. poorly done and like thought out and put together. But like once season two starts, it's like almost a different show two episodes in. And it's Damn. so enjoyable. I, maybe I should keep with it because I watched the first couple episodes. And I'm like, oh, there's baby Catwoman and baby Mr. Freeze and baby Clayface. I'm just I, I don't know if that actually happened, but I'm like, do I need every single character's origin on this show? <laughs> you only you only get so many. Um but then the kid who eventually plays the Joker-esque character uh, is fucking fantastic. I've heard that, and I've seen yeah. like I've seen what he looks like. Um, but anyway, we've been watching The Flash. If you ever do want to watch any Arrowverse shows, I recommend Legends of Tomorrow. It's the best show on television. I know it's that's what you, you've mentioned that before, and I, I can see myself doing that. It's such a goofball, like yeah. quirky, dumb show. It's great. I did ca- catch a couple episodes of the Harley Quinn animated show. Oh, that's fantastic. That's like. If they did a Venture Brothers show, but it was all this the Guild of Calamitous Intent. Like, yes. Like, I, I was just like, 
this can't be that great. And then, like, I watched the first two episodes, like, yes, yes, it can. This show is very good and very funny. This is, this is in the comic book realm. We're kind yeah, of staying Yeah, yeah, we're still... We're still, and we're still I'm going to bring it back to Sweet Tooth in a second. Okay. We're just leered off. Did you watch Suicide Squad yet, or The Suicide Squad? Uh, no, we're, we're actually watching it this weekend. Uh, we just got... Uh, so, my in-laws moved to uh, Los Angeles, the uh, Southern California area from Chicago, and you know, you know we share their HBO Max account. Sure. Uh, and, you know, they share our Netflix account, you know, a little bar. That's, how, that's how people do, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the rea- in reality, they're just like, we just DVR everything we want off HBO. We don't ever <laughs> use the Max account. It's just a free thing they give us. And we're yeah. like, oh, okay. Uh, so we finally got that squared away since they've moved and settled. So we're actually going to watch it this weekend. I'm going to pop some popcorn on the stove. It's going to be a little night for me and my wife, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Popping popcorn on the stove, like 1954. I like it, RJ. I, I always pop popcorn on the stove. And at first, Allison was like, why do you do that? It's like, this is how I've always made popcorn my entire life. And she's like, you're weird. And then she ate it. She was like, oh, it is so much better, though. See, I'm not a microwave guy. I have, like, the popper machine. The air popper? Yeah, air popper, yeah. Yeah, the, the popcorn just, like, melts on your tongue a little bit too much for me. I'm like, ah, I'm not a big fan of that. So you have to do, like, the, the thing where you shake it on the stove, like, and mm-hmm. scream? Wow. Yeah. Well, and I don't use Jiffy Pop. I actually popcorn in a pan with some oil. <sighs> you This week in your podcast, uh, and on the upbeat, you were talking about how great of a cook you are. And now you're talking about how you're bougie and you <laughs> make your own popcorn. I need to need to come over for dinner because you're setting high expectations. Oh, well, you come on over anytime, Gary. Anytime you find yourself in Los Angeles. Sure, I'll just pop over from New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, weren't you going to come out here for like Star Wars days or something one year? I was gonna, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, that's only like an hour and a half. I mean, Matt lives closer to Disneyland than I do, but... Uh, Matt doesn't eat meatloaf at his house, so... <laughs> well, he at least doesn't cook it. Yeah. Anyway, no, I haven't watched Sweet Tooth yet on Netflix, because it's, right. it's on cue for it's our, cue. To be our next show. I wanted to actually read some of the comic first, and I, yeah. now that I have, it's going to be our next show. I, I have a feeling that the first season of the show probably ends similarly to the first 12 issues here yeah what we read kind of tracks as a, a season of television yeah yeah um and then when lock and key season two comes out our new podcast is going to come out <laughs> that would be oh, hilarious we need, a, we need a really clever name for it uh, yeah. i'll come up with one come yeah up yeah, with yeah. One. and maybe also, maybe uh, i i'm sometimes good at them i wasn't for this show but sometimes nobody came up with a nickname for me by the way since our last episode uh monstriano i believe i came up with you said that? I didn't yeah. hear that one. Yeah. That's a good one. I like it. <laughs> I just got speaking of, I got this new Frankenstein figure today. Oh, Look that's that. rad. That's cool. That's next that's on my nightstand. <laughs> I got my uh my llama corn. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, uh, my buddies at work were like, You need shit on your desk because you don't have shit on your desk and they gave me that and then I brought it home when I started working from home because I didn't want llama corn to get lonely. You didn't want him to get COVID. I get it. Yeah. yeah Is that yeah. your so that's your animal hybrid that you're you're housing? Yeah, I guess so. I, I don't have a Gus. I have a llama corn. <laughs> llama corn. Yeah. So watch out for those hunters. Who do we think the? We're jumping around like crazy. Yeah. Those hunters that were in the beginning of the book were they also trying to work for the preserve or is there other people searching for these animal hybrids? What do you think? I got the impression that there's other people searching for these animal hybrids. Yeah. Uh, and I think those were people who also like. Uh, uh, Jeopard, we're trying to get them to 
um, <laughs> handover somewhere for some kind of ransom. Sure. Um, but then later we meet the, the the crazy people who wear like the masks. The Mad Max gang, yeah. Yeah, I think they were just trying to kill anybody. Gus, Jeopard, anybody, just to well, kill. Maybe there's also meat. like the, the motorcycle gang who kidnaps his, who tries to kidnap his wife. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the same people or the yeah. same gang at least. Yeah. What a weird America. And then they even said like this this virus kind of just came out of nowhere. Yeah. And like overnight, military was gone, government was gone. Yeah. One of those type of things. Yeah, it was so weird knowing that this was written several years ago and reading it now. When was this written? Oh, 2013. Yeah. And there's a total of looks like. Five volumes? Oh, I thought there was only three 12-issue volumes. No, it could be, but the deluxe volumes, there's only three. Yeah, so and there's it contains... six story arcs and then yeah. the return. Yeah. So we read the first two. So in case you want to read along, we read Out of the Woods and In Captivity. And then looks like a little one-shot, the, the Sing tapes or the Sing files. Oh, is that? Oh, cool. Yeah, that look, that did you read that last that last like issue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like yeah, a little I, one-off? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, no, I really, I really enjoyed this book. We need to, like, do something at the end of our show where, like, we do, like, a recommendation or we give a rating. I'm not big on ratings, but, like... I'm not I'm not big on ratings unless they're ridiculous and make no sense. Like, <sighs> I give this book four apples and a star. You know, I... I <laughs> but I tailor well, it more to the book. Yeah, so I'm going to say I give this book on a scale of 10 crunch bars. I'm going to give it <laughs> uh, an 8 crunch bar. Yeah, I think 8 crunch bars sounds about right. I think on a, on a level of uh, speaking animal hybrids to non-speaking animal hybrids, this is that, that little one that can only say a few words. No, yes. no, it's, it's the <laughs> second one up, the one right below Gus. The, yeah. I forget that little girl's name. Yeah. It's like a pig, I think. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, she's yeah. a pig. Yeah. Um, I also crunch bars are my favorite candy. Just in case anyone's wondering, my birthday is coming up, and I love crunch bars. So, oh, when's your birthday, Gary? September twenty fourth. Ooh, I'm turning the big three five. You're such a kid. Yeah, yeah, I still play in a ska band though. <laughs> <laughs> I still read comics and talk about ska all the time. So even as you get older, Gary, you don't really get older. I have found a gray hair in my beard. Oh, no. Gray hairs. Get over it. I feel like that's a good ending point for our show. <laughs> we're all getting older. We're, we're I all. Was... I, I think if I read this when I was younger, I would relate way more to Gus. But instead, I, I do. I relate way more to Jeopard. Yeah, I just want to lay down. <laughs> yeah. Just like, just wanna, uh... life is effing rough. Yeah. I just want to get some booze and then maybe look for a fight. Now, that was probably more young, destructive RJ, uh, that part of it. But the, I just want to lay down. Yeah, that's Have you been in a lot of fights, RJ? Uh, I, I would do things that I probably should have gotten beat up for. But mm-hmm. look at this mug, Gary. Nobody thinks this guy is serious enough to actually punch. So here's what I used to do. I used to hang out with a, a bunch of sharps. Yeah. Um, a, uh, and I would, uh, you know, talk a lot of shit at... At shows, and then get my sharp friends to beat people up for me. <laughs> oh, you're a dick. I just used to talk shit, and uh, some people would not like me. Some people thought it's hilarious. But uh, if I, I, I had this friend named Dub, uh, and he was he was a little bit shorter than me, but he's like a little muscly guy. Uh, we all knew if he said anything like what I said, people would fucking jump him. 
just because they're like, fuck that guy. It's like, oh, it's RJ, whatever. He's RJ. Like, we had simpler temperaments. He was in my band with me as a trumpet player, but we just knew that I could get away with saying shit that he could never get away with. Trumpet players are big shit talkers, let me tell you that. (laughs) He was, like, the sweetest guy. Trumpet players think they're hot shit because they have this awesome instrument, and you need to be talented to play it, and it's really fucking loud. Not like the My trumpet player players. in Backyard Superheroes is super sweet. She's a mom and she's so nice. But all <laughs> other trumpet players are like that. Saxophone players are cool as shit. Let me tell you that. Yeah, they're all right. We're real cool. <laughs> really cool. Actually, the saxophone player for my band is probably one of the coolest guys I've ever met in my life. See? There He's you one go. of those just like effortlessly cool and funny as hell guys. And you're just like, you, you get jealous of them. Like, wow. Oh, I know those people. Yeah, I yeah. put a lot of effort into being funny, but no effort into being cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never cared about being cool, but God damn it. Like, I, I like I, I, I could slave for a week over a joke that he would just come off the top of his head and I'd be like, damn it, Tim. His name was Tim. We called him Flapjack. He was the best. How come that guy's got a cool nickname? <laughs> All my friends have dumb nicknames, Gary. You've got a nickname. Yeah, RJ You've got is a my nickname. Full name, it's nickname. Yeah, yeah. No, so in my band we had the Child Prodigy. We had me, RJ Phoenix, the Cabana Boy, Flapjack Bandit, and uh, oh, Pork Chop Jimmy. That was the main band, and then we had Noodle, Nick Nate, and those guys would always play with us. Uh, and oh, happy. Oh, the Mighty Avalon. Yeah. No one called him that. No one's like, hey, we're going to the Mighty Avalons tonight. No one said that. We we just called him Avalon most of the time. Okay. Yeah. No one's like, hey, you guys want to go get dinner with the Mighty Avalon? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He was a cool guy. His real name was Frankie. That's why we called him the Mighty Avalon. Uh, But that was fun to call him at shows. They're like, oh, guitar, the Mighty Avalon. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But like in your real life, you never call them the Mighty Avalon, right? Yeah, just usually Avalon. Yeah. Okay, cool. I've never had a nickname. You know what? I lied last time. I did have sort of a nickname. Oh. People called me Gooey. Gooey? Gooey. Dare I ask? (laughs) I don't even really know. There's not like a weird gross story to it. I just... (laughs) Gooey. It's just gooey, gooey Gary. I, was, I guess because I was soft. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 soft Gary, soft boy Gary. The uh, the Gary sad hour has now concluded. <laughs> <laughs> gooey Monstriano. I like it. Oh, that sounds cool. I I came up, I've come up with a cool nickname for myself. I want to be called Jizzard the Wizard. Jizzard the Wizard. <laughs> Man, we are going off the rails. I have to record another podcast. And I this know is just you do. A warm up. Who knows what I'm going to do on that one? <laughs> this is your like laid back one. You got to be you got to be on Gary for this next one, don't you? Yeah, I'm like the host, and I talk about Star Wars books, and I'm yeah. like, let's talk about serious things like the Jedi. <laughs> when are we going to cover a Star Wars comic book? And then I'll, I'll oh, uh, we can do uh, Tag and Bink. I would I would love to do Tag and Bink. Fuck yeah! Yeah, we can. I know. I love that you know who Tag and Bink are. I'd be down for it. I didn't know until like maybe a year ago, and I was just like, "Oh my! How have I never heard of this?" I'm a big Rosencrantz and Guildenstern fan, so like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern in Star Wars is the coolest. Yeah. What What else? Like, what other franchises do you think you can Rosencrantz and Guildenstern? Oh 
Jeez. Like Marvel would be good, but like I'm thinking, like you know, it'd be a good one. Like Jeff at Hogwarts. Hi, I'm Jeff, and I sit next. <laughs> I sit next to Harry Potter, and he's a dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would work. That would work. Oh yeah, no, that's a good one. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, for Marvel, like, I mean, don't, aren't they doing like a damage control TV show? Yeah, which would be cool. That's kind of cool. Kind of, kind of, yeah, do that. But no, it's a little bit more inside. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Ooh, I like that idea. I think Harry Potter works really well. Yeah, Harry Potter could look work really, really well. You can't do, like, Lord of the Rings. You can't be like, yeah, I was the guy who was walking behind them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And for the most part, like, Pippin almost kind of is that is, role yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, Mary and Pip are like Rosen and Crabbe yeah. and Gildenstern. Yeah. Um, wow. We've covered a lot tonight. Yeah, we have. We have. Dude, I love, I love doing this show with you guys. <laughs> I hope people like listening to it. I hope so. I hope so. I hope people uh, subscribe to the Patreon just to listen to this. I hope so. I mean, you uh, could listen to Matt. He interviews Tara every single month. Or you could listen to us. <laughs> you could listen to us talk about comics and ska and soda pop and ridiculous stuff. We get it, Matt. You love Half Past Two. I get it. <laughs> I also love Half Past Two. We all love Half Past Two. Come on. Yes. Come on. <laughs> Oh, I hope Matt doesn't listen to this. <laughs> you know he does. Oh, yeah, he does. Uh, so so next month, for next month's episode, we're Ooh, actually going to... good gonna... transition. I see where you're going with Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, because I know your time is limited. Uh, we are uh, actually going to have a guest on. We're not going to... We'll pick back up with uh, Sweet Tooth soon, but we're actually going to have the aforementioned Matt. Hmm. And we're going to be reading uh, Superman, Last Son of Krypton. I've never read it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, neither have I. It's a new one. I, I could have pitched out a bunch of Superman titles all day. I probably wouldn't have gotten to that one uh, just because I know but, nothing of it. That was Matt's pick, right? Yep, that was Matt's pick. So I would have went All-Star Superman because I'm a real big fan of that book. Mm, me too. But uh, I'm excited to read this. I like I like Superman as a character. I, I, I do yeah. like him. Yeah. Ooh, should we do Flexman Tallow someday? Yes. Okay, cool. Have you read that? No, I don't oh. even know what you just said, but yes. <laughs> oh, it's another Frank Quitely, Grant Morrison book. I'm into it. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. That's on this the is my favorite. This is my favorite hour of of the month. Is when we just talk about <laughs> I was a mascot and you are a meatloaf snob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a meatloaf snob. I just I want to put oats back in my meatloaf, and my wife is like, no breadcrumbs. <laughs> I'm not a meatloaf snob. I just played one on TV. I'm a cake snob, though. Don't get me started on cake. Like the band with the trumpet. <laughs> no, like. Because their trumpet player is probably a dude. Yeah, I don't know much about the, them personally. No, me neither. But, uh, I mean, if, if all you have to do to be a ska band is have a horn in your band, Cake is the most successful ska band of the 90s. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> they, they get lumped in with ska bands all the time. and I, They're obviously not a ska band, but they're good. Oh, they're great. That's uh, one of my brother's favorite bands. And uh, Matt Wixon did like an EP of turning a bunch of their songs into ska songs last year. Oh, that's fun. It's called Slice of Cake. Look it up. But yeah, so join us uh, next month with uh, Matt Matt Vest, Matthew K. Vest. Uh, me and Gary will be here, and we'll be talking about uh, Superman, Last Son of Krypton. I mean, I hope I'll be here. Maybe you'll replace me by then. Nah, I, I, dude, I wouldn't do this show without you. You could see RJ, Matt, and Tara talk about Last Son of Krypton. <laughs> nah, I'd, I'd get Max from uh, Half Past Two. 
Yeah, Max seems like a cool dude. I don't he's, know him he's very a, well. He's a comics guy. Well, we got to talk uh, about some other guest ideas I have. Well, we won't do that on the okay. show. You know, that's behind the scenes. Yeah, some behind the scenes. All right, thank you everybody for listening. Anything to say that uh, close this out? Uh, um, I, I was Jeffrey the Giraffe, and you guys did not know that, and now you know. So you can tell all, all your friends you know Jeffrey the Giraffe. <laughs> Telling my wife immediately as I cook dinner. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Later. this guy on the next episode of comically rad with gary and rj coming in january of 2022 rj convinces gary to read the first six issues of the image comic series crowded will gary love it will gary hate it will it confuse gary find out in late january on comically rad all right, cool. <laughs> I don't that even know what that show was. That was awesome, though. Dude, that was like that's that's what we need to do. That show was fun as hell.